G'day everyone, welcome back to the podcast, it's Ross here. Episode 151, on the other end of this little introduction I've got Magic Mike and the Rocket Man, it's good to catch up with them, been a couple of weeks, missed them for episode 150, so we have a little bit of a reminisce of 150 episodes and a little bit of uh, men's health discussion, some important messages there from the world of golf for the men and uh, we also talk a little bit about uh, the world of golf that has been. Great to have you back, it's great to be here for another 150 hopefully, thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you very soon. Enjoy the podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. It's Roscoe here, your host, and joined by my favourite podcasters, and we will talk about some podcasts in a second because I just had an idea of what we can talk about. Uh, my favourite podcasters, uh, the dynamic duo, uh, Rocket Heron. How are you, Rocket Man? You good? Oh, you're getting there. You've had it. You've, you've... <laughs> Rocket, it's your music. Well, I've been told off for calling you Ronnie. Um, uh, I stumbled, you know, like I was like, what am I going with? It's been a, it's been with, a week. Just, just go with Rocket. Yeah, okay. I, even, I even had a customer today and they were introduced to me and they said, just just call him Rocket. I love it. <laughs> I love it when the golf podcast vernacular st- sneaks into the corporate world. Uh, I've actually never been called Roscoe and I now call myself Roscoe and I sign off as Roscoe and I've never called myself Roscoe, but it is what it is. And, you know, people come into the store and say, oh, g'day, we're Roscoe. Hey, oh, yeah, that's me. Sorry. Yeah. How are you going? Um, Magic Mike, you know, you've probably never been called Magic Mike ever in your life outside of uh, this little screen that we've uh, sat on for the last uh, 12 months or so. Um, how are you, only once. I'm good, mate. Only once. Only once. My, uh, my wife for her hen's day, her sister, organised um, invites to go out and they conveniently put my mug on magic mike's body so that was the invitations that got sent around so that's go. the only time creative geniuses at work i didn't i didn't know you then i didn't see that but uh no and you never will <laughs> uh how are you mate you well excellent yeah very well enjoying channing, sunshine channing, and golf. channing tatum should be very proud to have had your head yeah, body. yeah well exactly i just told everyone it was just me from a couple of years ago before I lost fitness. Mate, I'm sure you've danced on a few bars on Chapel Street in your time, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> yes. I'm sure you've done that. Hong uh, Kong. Hong Kong, really? Yeah. Oh, there's, some, <laughs> there's, some, there's some stories there that we might get to. Uh, now, I am also joined by the two most um, prudent prudent uh, COVID lockdown specialists uh, that I know. They probably haven't even, up until last week, uh, seen sunshine in the last uh, 12 months. Um Gents, welcome out of the the biggest part of the lockdown. Um, have we have we been out? Have we been to the pub? Have we been to the golf course? Have we have we done anything? Uh, I don't even know if pubs are open until end of this week. So I know cafes and stuff were. So I know the very first day last week, which was Friday, and the kids were going to school. So that was so funny because like they were ready to go to school at six thirty. And so they were dressed and they were itching to get out, which was great. I love that enthusiasm. And, um, you know, Mrs. Rocket took them to school and we uh, we pissed off to the local cafe and had a nice 
soothing breakfast and uh, and latte and just sat in the, Yeah, it was just really good. It's really yeah. good to be out. Yeah. Uh, Michael uh, Moy, what about you, mate? I I had I had what I thought was going to be a very quiet weekend, just easing out of the uh, hibernation, and I'd organised with the boys to go to the pub for Cox Plate Day Saturday. So that was my that was all I had. Um, Friday night, um, we ended up having dinner. Um, Saturday, I went to the pub. Saturday night, we ended up at the sister-in-law's for dinner. Uh, and now I'm in the in the northwest. Um, so then my wife conveniently organised as I was extremely hungover to shoot down to a little place called Rye for lunch on Sunday. So a nice hour and a half drive there. And then we had dinner back in uh, Hoppers Crossing. So that was a, a two-hour stint back from there. So by Sunday night, I was it was like Christmas Day. I was done, completely right. done. You've covered north, south, east, and west. Maybe not so much <laughs> the west, but you've uh, you've certainly been one of the a thousand gazillion people that uh, jumped on the freeway and headed down the Mornington Peninsula. I certainly oh. saw, I saw them. The, the traffic was horrendous coming this way. As I was as I was getting to the uh, Peninsula Link, I thought of you. I thought I'd much prefer to be just staying on here for about another five minutes and turning into PK and, and catching up with young Ross, but instead I'm going to keep driving another 40 minutes to Rye for lunch, uh, which well, is still good. Well, I'm glad you asked because uh, that's how I spent my first day of uh, non-lockdown, uh, joined by the great man Sam Doherty down at PK. Uh, he's a member down there and a mate. And uh, for anyone that knows Sam's story, uh, you know what he's been going through with his uh, battle for can- with cancer. It was uh, very humbling to see young Samuel out there playing golf. He was the first first thing he did when they announced the lockdown was get on the phone to myself and Shura and uh, say, look, who's in Friday? I'm there. Uh, and he came down and I hadn't seen Sam since he'd had maybe his third stint of chemo. He maybe was a week out of um, getting that done. And uh, just to see him there, A, it was, was fantastic. But just to be surrounded for four hours in you know, his positivity about the way that he has um, addressed his you know, battle with cancer um, – the, the future ahead and just the energy that he had, um, you know, he's, he's lost maybe 15 more kilos. He's got no hair. He's, he's pale. He's white. He's got a, a big line, you know, permanently attached inside his um, arm here, which has a thing that goes down into his chest as he has to get, get his treatment through. And off we went for four hours of golf. It was just, um, you know, I said in the 150th episode with Roger Cleveland, uh, when I did the intro that it was one of the greatest days of golf or, that's up there, if not past it, um, with because just to, to be in, in the company of the great man there um, was, was very, very good. The message is, um, and I'll sort of, you know, once again, we're on the unplanned run sheet and I've taken over. Uh, Sam's message is very strong. You know, get yourself checked out. You know, men in particular, check the downstairs area and uh, if you notice anything wrong, um, get yourself checked out because you just never know and, you know, Sam is – Living Proof, uh, his teammates from Carlton Football Club, uh, Patrick Cripps in particular, who who um, you know, got under the Peter Mac Society uh, Foundation, they've raised just short of 200 or maybe just over $200,000 for Peter Mac, um, which has been treating Sam. Um, you know, all the boys shaved their hair and all that sort of thing, and uh, it was great. So, yeah, your men's health is very important. Mental health is very important. You know, just I went... Give the plums just that little bit extra squeeze. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, mental health, you know, like for me, getting out in the golf course, you know, it was a full first 18 since maybe July. Uh, I was walking, Sam was in his cart, and, you know, I just went in there 
uh, was with the attitude that I would just embrace the surroundings. Uh, I'd look up at the sky, I'd listen for the birds, and I didn't care what happened with the golf. Um, you know, we had Jamie Glazer and I had, had a session the night before with some of the Mental Mastery Clubhouse members, and we were talking about, you know, this is part of their membership, and uh, said, I'm just going to go out and be grateful. And I'm, I'm not a massive gratitude practicer, you know, I don't write gratitude statements and like, but I'm very grateful for what's, what's what we have. And um, funnily enough, played really well. It was, I went, had no expectations and just played really well. I had, uh, you probably saw, if you saw the Instagram, you saw the double flub into the bunker on the 18th. Uh, it was shocking. But I walked onto that green with a massive smile because, you know, it was an up and down for a, for a birdie, potentially for one under. Uh, it ended up being a double bogey for two over. Big deal. Um, I'd driven it to the front edge of the bunker almost and the, the balcony, obviously, because everyone's out, the balcony at Peninsula Kingswood was full. And everyone's going, oh, was that his, is that his drive? And I've got the head bobble going, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and of course I was videoing it because that's what I want to do and I put the video on and I just went chunk, chunk. And I thought, you know what, so what? And uh, <laughs> I just walked off and uh, it was it was great. But the other thing um, about health, men's health, if we can make a little thing of this, uh, on a personal note, now thankfully I'm, I'm okay, but when I left Sam... Uh, after golf, I went to the doctor. I had a doctor's appointment. Uh, it was the second one in a week. And I was going back to get some results of some tests uh, because the week before, the Thursday night um, of the week before, uh, one o'clock in the morning, uh, I went to the bathroom and I came out of the bathroom. I went to turn right to come to the bedroom. And next thing I know, I woke up uh, and I was on the floor. I was on the, and I woke up and I was disappointed that I'd woken up um, from the sleep that I thought I was in. But I'd actually woken up because uh, I'd passed out. I'd fainted. Um, I think it turns out that it probably was a fainting episode. Maybe we're not sh quite sure. But I was on the f bathroom floor. I'd knocked the, cha the, the chair over. And, um, you know, I was in a bit of pain because I'd landed thud on the, t on the tiles. But, you know, I woke up and go, where am I? And I looked and I was on the tiles. And I uh, thought, well, that's probably not great. Um, I got up and, you know, I checked that I could talk, you know, I thought I'm not having a stroke or anything like that. Um, I went to bed, uh, checked again that I could still talk, you know, because my dad's had a, had a small stroke. So, you know, I sort of knew the slurred speech. I could feel everything. Everything was working, went to sleep, woke up the next morning, told Alex what had happened. That's Mrs. Mile of Golf. Um, she went nuts. Why didn't you wake me up? Um, get yourself to the doctor, which I did. And of course, you know, when you say I fainted, oh, well, I passed out, whatever we call it, um, I'm this age, check the pulse. Do you, has anyone ever told you you've got a really low pulse? Um, well, yeah, I've got it on my watch here, my Garmin watch. Um, uh, tells me that I've got a low pulse. I just thought I was an athlete. He said, well, clearly you're not. Um, uh, let's check your pulse, uh, your blood pressure. It was a little high. Um, that raised some concern. So had all the tests and everything. And I went back last week after the golf, as I said. Fortunately, it seems to be okay it may have just been a fainting thing the pulse is still low the blood pressure was okay all the blood tests are right but you know what i could have easily have not gone you know maybe in a different time i wouldn't have gone and uh anyway it's not about me it's about the message of looking after yourself and especially if you're a little bit older and getting to my age and i'm much older than these guys um you've got to do that and you know so anyway uh, there's a little bit of a PSA about men's health um, at a very important time when we're getting back out there playing a bit of golf and drinking a bit of beer and eating food and doing all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, but thanks for listening, uh, everyone, including you two. Mm. So, Izzy, I'll, uh, 
I've been doing lots of checkups as well. So I've been heap, heaps of late, which has been good. I'm not getting on that old in age, but just I found it's been a really good time to make sure things are in order while we've been sort of through this lockdown stage. It's given a bit of um, a bit of time, a bit more spare time to just make sure that if it is something you've been putting off, you've, you've had time to go and sort of see the doctor, which has been good. So it's good. I think it's good. good, good call out, Ross. Mm, thanks. Yeah, get the vehicle over the pits for a checkup. <laughs> Uh, two ECGs. Um, we had to get two because the first one was a bit. It wasn't quite. So I did another one. And um, uh, small world. This lady in in. Uh, I go to the doctor. It's nowhere near here. It's up near Mercedes Benz where I used to work. And um, this lady's sticking these things on me. And she looks at my Adidas golf pants that I've got on. And she says, "Oh, they're nice pants." I went, oh, thank you very much. Um, you know, the Adidas, by the way. Uh, golf pants. Oh, where do you play golf? Uh, I said, "I oh, just down the road." And blah blah blah. I saw oh, my son-in-law's a golfer. Oh, really? Okay, right, fair enough. Um, what's your handicap? I said, oh, it's you know, four. <laughs> he's off plus two. Oh, well, he's pretty good. Where does he play? Oh, up in New South Wales. Right, whereabouts? Well, up in the Hunter Valley. Oh, this is only going one way. Um, <laughs> whereabouts in the Hunter Valley? He saw, you've probably never heard of it, a little place called Cessnock. <laughs> I said, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I have. Uh, wh- which course does he play at? Oh, the one near the airport. I said, oh, Crown Plaza. He says, yeah, yeah, that's it. She said, uh, yeah, he's a Cessnock boy. My daughter's, I'm from Newcastle originally, and uh, he's married to my daughter, and uh, his name's uh, whatever, not, I forget his first name, Jason Not or whatever. I said, I know the Not name. It's a pretty big name in Cessnock, and, uh, and my dad's a member of that golf club. Oh, you're kidding. So uh, anyway, that was when I was getting the second ECG <laughs> done by the young fellow from Cessnock, uh, who my dad knows. He knows who he is. He's played golf with him. So there you go. You would have been excited. The heart rate would have gone straight up. They would have been a bit worried when all the Cessnock talk started up. She was lovely and she actually was calming. And, and I said, how's the blood pressure? She, she said, no, it's great. She said, you're you're an athlete. And I said, well, no, I tried to tell him that last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, clearly not. Uh, now, last week we released the 150th episode. And uh, it would be remiss of us not to have a little bit of a a reflection on that, especially uh, with you, Rocket, because you've been a big part of uh, many of those 150 episodes. And, and Mike, you know, you've been a part of the recent times, but you're a part of it and a big part as a, as a listener and a, and a supporter and a follower um, before we you know, knew each other. You know, Rocket, when you reflect on, you know, three years, it was almost three years to the, to the week, uh, 150 episodes, so that's just short of one episode a week for three years. Uh, that's a significant amount of uh, input to sit here behind a microphone listening to yourself, listening to other people, helping other people listen to you, and um, you listen to me, Rocket. But what's been your re- recollections and reflections on three years of podcastery uh, as part of the My Love of Golf crew? Well, the fact that you still let me come back, there's, there's, there's one plus. Well, because, you know, occasionally, I can get a bit loose. Occasionally, people send a message and go, Where's Rocket? We want him back. And I'm like, Okay, well, that's enough for me. <laughs> And, and, and now the benefit of having biscuits sent across from Tasmania. Yeah, see, this, you know, I add value, with the, although I've been cut out of the supply chain because of, <laughs> cause, uh, it doesn't quite make it past my residence um, if I am part of the supply chain, uh, which I have been strongly advised of. That's why I'm not seeing the same supply that I would normally see. Um, no, it's been, it's been awesome. The fact that, you know, I still remember when, you know, you just, you know, sent the message and, um, you know, and then we just had a chat about it and it just kind of started off with me kind of just riffing on stuff and you just, you let me, <laughs> you give me a little bit of rope and I went and, you know, 
tie myself up in a few knots and around my ankles and hang myself and all sorts of stuff. But it's been it's been awesome fun. Um, yeah, and it's just good that we can provide some some relief. You know, you know the likes of Pultz. You know, I love the feedback that he gives. You know, especially when he says, you know, it's, it just sounds for him. It sounds like he's got he's in the backyard and you know he's got beers and a couple of friends over there and that's what it just sounds like it's just a you know a good way for people to sort of disconnect and hopefully you know the last two years especially that we've been able to provide some sort of comedic relief um for plenty of people and, and especially having having mike on there f- you know for the last i don't even know how long it's almost i think it's almost like been a year i could be six months i have no idea it feels like we've been doing it like this forever. Oh, so COVID, COVID stretches it out, mate. I don't know <laughs> how long ago it was. But, you know, I, I enjoy every minute of it. You know, I know there are times when we just can't get to it. I know for me, it's been really challenging for the last couple of weeks. And, you know, because I've had a, a lot of major stuff from a work front going on. So then for me, I'm trying to find the balancing act because all of a sudden I'm spending some stupid hours at night doing stuff so then i've got to balance that out and give the family some love so there are times where i'm like i just i just don't have anything to give to the to the listeners and i actually feel guilty not being on there to to provide something on a on at least a weekly basis so you know it's just fun and it's great that people will tune in and and listen to us chew about stuff I, i I do feel guilty that I'm not on the socials. I'm 12 weeks sober right now. Although if someone says, no, we saw you tweet something today, that's because I wrote an article and that particular account is linked to it and I didn't post it. I got it to automatically do it. So I'm still not logged in. No, 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 no. I read um, it and I liked the tweet. So I was actually going to have a go at you for tweeting. So well uh, done. So, well, now, <laughs> now you know the background. So yeah, this is another little side thing, thing I've been doing. I've got um, all these other... I think I've got like nearly 20 years of we'll call it stuff that I've been teaching myself and I'm like I've just I've started to write it and so I'm trying to improve my own writing and start publishing stuff and I don't know, see what happens so eh. I like but it yeah it's fun love it well you know just for those that have been on the journey you know they they have they know the um the jokes about the Nissan uh, mobile podcast studio. It's not a joke. It's actually fact. How f- I, f- I forget that you were doing that. You were in the, in the Nissan and you had the, the little um, recorder thing. Yeah. And I, I had, and I, I still remember I was, I'd be on my phone. And so the, some of the audio, I'd hate to go back and listen to some of the audio. Cause you remember the night that there was the, there was all the banging in like the side alley. Cause like someone was rustling through some bin or something yeah. like that. But there, there it is there. That's it. It's actually quite a professional um, digital recorder, which is used by a lot of you know, podcasters. And, um, you know, it's got the jacks in there for the microphones and that sort of thing. But, you know, back in the early days, I didn't have this equipment I, and I didn't know what I was doing, really. I, I didn't even realise that you could plug the mobile phone into that and record straight into it. So it's in the car because it's a quiet space. And I've since learned that that's actually not a uncommon thing for podcasters to use a car as a, as a sort of studio because it is somewhat soundproof. 
but mm. I didn't know how to get the audio. So I would be on the phone and the audio system in the phone and then I'd be talking to this and then I'd talk, put this down to the, the microphone or the speaker in the in the car and, and that would be it. And and some nights I'd pick Lockie up from his media job at um, in the Docklands there and we'd be in the on the footpath yes, there. How the funny was that? That was gold. I'd be in the laneway at the back of the what you were talking about, in the laneway behind the drum and golf store and, you know, some unfortunate, you know, fellow would come and empty the, you know, six bins full of rubbish trying to get you know whatever was in the rubbish bins out and that's a that's a daily occurrence by the way but um so we've come oh, along me- remember remember my my one as well this is almost like feel like we're going back in time remember the the uh the flight path uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i was in the caravan caravan i was in the caravan park outside right under the flight path near goldie <laughs> i was gonna say up near the gold coast yeah <laughs> Um, Mike, you know, when you think about more so the guests, um, you know, what are you? What's the standout for the three years worth of uh, Mile of Golf podcast for you? And hey, good question. Um, I think uh, the ones that stand out straight. Oh well, the Roger Cleveland stands out straight away because it was last week. But once from back in the day, um, Matty Mollica was one that I uh, probably was one of the ones. Yeah. Uh, and then I think um, that's probably the first one that stands out. And I, I, I know I, in my brain, I'm probably mixing up a little bit of the mental mastery ones and the stuff that are specific to here. So remember those ones were what was probably the first time that I really started to, um, I really enjoy that side of golf, the, the, the mental side of it. And, and, and I love the idea of myself getting much better at it. And it's probably one of the things that got me heavily into listening to this and the other one, because it was speaking to me of something that I was really interested in. So that they're, they're probably the ones that I, um, Oh, come off the top of my head straight away to be honest yeah yeah the, well that's of course you know once we started this podcast you know like i convinced a couple of other blokes to jump on the podcast bandwagon and we were fairly early to it you know there's a thousand gazillion golf podcasts now australian ones and global ones and you know there's money there's no money here but there's money in it for a lot of these big corporations that have got money and you can see them in the ranking charts and and for you know we don't get any money for this there's no pay there's nothing you know I don't pay these guys. They do it out of the love of their of golf. They do it out of the love of wanting to share their knowledge and experience. So there's no money. Um, I, was, I was going on a, on a rant there, but um, yeah, well, the it was no money. No money. This is the well, bit you where get, you go. But now there is, guys. <laughs> rock it. No, no cash here. No, it's you, like the cho- they've seen out a chopper. Well, we need yeah. no cash. We need no cash. The way that we'll get money if we follow your tips, that's the way that we'll get money if we if we oh, bet, yeah. if we gamble if we bet. Um, no, but you know, I convinced Jamie that you know his his content would be great in a podcast environment. You know, there are plenty of people listening, and, and it's absolutely, um, it's actually very very strongly listened to for forty or so episodes. The amount of downloads that that podcast has had is phenomenal, and the feedback and the commentary is is sensational. So you know, what makes that very valuable is it helps. It's helping people, you know, be better at golf. You know, he's got his now. Um, you know, the, the clubhouse and the membership website so you can get access to him, which is not cheap. Um, you know, he coaches PGA Tour players and, you know, European Tour winners, uh, but you can get access to that easily and affordably. Um, so that podcast, and then we had the Golf Rules one, you know. So Blakey, you know, another great creator, uh, very creative man in the golf space. Um, you know, same thing. We started that and he continues with it and I'm going to jump back on that at some stage. It's just a bit of, you know, busyness at the moment. But, you know, for me, there's a couple of episodes that stand out and, of course, being one of the first Australians um, podcast people, and I think maybe still the only one, I'm not sure, uh, to interview Eric Anders Lang um, was a bit of a feather in the cap. Uh, 
you know, Eric was kind enough to give me an hour and a bit of his time. Uh, nearly never happened because I was messing around once again, not knowing the, the technology. Um, I was Eric was on one Zoom call, I was in another one, swearing and all that sort of thing. Um, got through the line, but the one that for me, um, I remember a lot, and it it was a bit of a change period. It was uh, doing with Andy Proudman, and I was quite nervous talking to Andy because he's a big big deal. And and I listened to Andy's private podcast, or well, not his private, but his personal development podcast. Um, live like a legend. And it was just great. And I think for me, I can draw a line in the sand from making a few changes personally, the way I sort of my outlook uh, when we started that. And I think, yeah, but Rue McDonald, you know, the Scottish golf podcast, having him on and being on his, that was great. And anyway. Um, Another one, I just was looking through a couple then, and it's probably one that I don't know whether it comes up on your list, but the Daniel Popovic one, was there two? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and I've met Popper through Scotty and um, Cheese. They're both you know, Popper socially and he's played um, golf with us a couple of times. And I didn't know all the story about um, his dad and um, the money that, that he sort of put away and, and, and you know, looked after his family and stuff. And that sort of stuff that comes out, and not just saying this because we're sitting here in the three of us and probably, like you say, normally everyone's tuned out. I think, I think you guys do a really good job. And, and Ross, when you do your questioning, it's, it's good because it's a skill to be able to get those stories out and, and come across well. And it's it's been really good. Popper's a great man. Uh, yeah, he's a Mizuno rep down here now. Uh, and yeah, as a you know son of uh, he's Croatian and Serbian. So I think his mother's Serbian, father's Croatian. Or one one of the two, um, other way around, which is a odd, uh, a different mm. sort of mix. You know, they usually Croatian, Croatian, Serbian, Serbian. Uh, but his dad played for Red Star Belgrade, uh, professional footballer. Ill, um, is still he's still with us, which is great. But you know, the story about where he, you know, won that um, uh, the PGA, uh, yeah. Coolum, and um, you know, gave the money to help his dad get better and all that sort of stuff was great. He's, he's mm. a good man, Popper. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, that's enough about us. Uh, 150 episodes. Let's see if we can get another 150 in the can at some stage. Keep going. What do you reckon? Yep. Uh, how's your tips been, Mike? I know a lot of people are looking forward to the next evolution of the um, the tippery, uh, whether we have a um, you know the teepster or whether we develop our own system or whatever it is. Yep. Uh, I think that's the plan uh, moving forward is to have some sort of 2022 tip 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 system tip you know, whatever, just for fun, not for yep. no money. But um, how's your tipping going? Pretty well, I believe. That's a leading question. But uh, it's been, yeah, it's been okay. Um, it's been a good. It's been a good. It's probably just it was probably when Min Woo won. Um, that's was the start of it, and it, and it sort of hasn't really cooled off too uh, much, which is good. You know, like I always say, you get to win a lot more than you uh, lose a lot more than you win because you're betting uh, in a field of 130 people. Uh, but so far this year. I was pretty heavy on um, Sungjae Im uh, when he didn't win Sanderson, but then um, that was the last time I think we had uh, the tips up. Uh, but he won the week after and I, I, I backed him up, which is good. Um, I didn't bet Rory at uh, the CJ because that's just not not sort of my uh, speed to bet someone who's that short. But then um, I broke that rule last week. So I, I sent you boys the the note. And I should say apologies last week. We, we didn't record and that, that was uh, me. I had some... Um, Oh, had, no, me as well. Did you? Yeah. Oh, look, I had um, had some family members come down with um, COVID, which wasn't ideal. So they were all uh, they're all well. They're all they're all getting better. They're still not one hundred percent. They're all fully vaccinated. But um, yeah, that I'm I'm very comfortable, very comfortable and happy that they were because it could have been a lot worse. But they're they're getting better. But um, yeah, last week I sent the tips through to you two boys and said there's only two guys that I like in 
in Japan and one's Hideki and one's um, Joaquin Neiman and, and Hideki won. So that was great. So as I uh, said to you boys just before uh, Saturday, I was sitting in the pub watching the Cox Plate with the boys and they were all looking at the TV watching the Cox Plate and I was asking, is there any chance we can get that TV turned over to the golf in Japan? And everyone thought I was joking, but <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> so I was watching it on my phone. So that, that was good. Um, and it was a good tournament. Uh, it was a... Um, it was a bit funny. The weather was a bit up and down. The uh, early doors, it was pretty cold. Uh, it wasn't. It's one of those things that I always think Japan's really close, so their weather must be the same as ours. And you just sort of think, no, they're in the north, so that that doesn't help. And I think it was round one or two. They were there in gloves and beanies and steam coming out of their mouth as they were trying to talk. And it was freezing. Then the next day, it was polo shirts only, and so it was a bit up and down. But um, Hideki prevailed. He was. It got very tight in the end. Uh, Cam Tringali got within a couple. I think he was actually oh, he, leading on the back nine. Yeah, he got, missed, into, missed, got into the lead, yeah. Missed yeah. a second place. How many second? I think that's about four or five top tens or top fives for him this year. Yeah, he's um, close. He's um, he's very, very close. Um, and, and I was nervous. So I, I like that was the only bet I had was Hideki. And, um, yeah, I know the day before in round three, Hideki was leading by three, bogey the last, and Tringali birdied. So they went in. He was only one up uh, going to the last round. And then on the back nine, yeah, Hideki was um, was leading by two. And then they both bogeyed 17, which made me somewhat comfortable. But I had flashbacks to the day prior thinking this could be a bogey, bogey birdie double, double swing again and um, went the other way. Uh, Hideki hit one of the greatest second shots into the par five you're ever going to say, nearly jarred it for an albatross, then rolled in the eagle and and Tringali bogeyed again. So he won by five. So, uh, yeah, very comfortable in the end. That's a massive 2021 for that man. He's a um, – I'll, I'll put my hand up and say that I've been a Hideki non-believer for a very long time um, in I horse racing parlance. be alone. He's a non-winner. He's and and every golfer's a non-winner because if you win more than once a year, you, you're an exceptional talent. But he's the sort of guy that would get himself in the mix and, and just never close the door. His putting's always been suspect, but I'm starting to get little tinglings. He's you know to, to get the Masters win. I'm just starting to think he could actually go on a little run here. He could be could be the sort belief. of getting a bit of confidence, that belief. Exactly. Yeah, I'm nervous. Uh, his well, ball striking is phenomenal. So it's just yeah, that part. Yeah, well, you think, you know, I, I still think, um, so him winning the Masters, I think, was huge. I, 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 I've still got the video on my phone of that walk up up off yep. 18. Yep. I, I think that's still it's one of the more special moments in golf, just in general, full stop. And I still reckon he put a lot of pressure on himself regarding from there to the Olympics. Yep. So he's he's already you know by him winning the Masters, probably put a, a, an enormous amount of pressure, and you think you know he's back in his home country again, um, and I actually think that now he's probably sort of like the green jacket, you know that expect that weight of expectation. It probably probably feels a little bit better, you know, probably fits a Definitely. little bit better. Yeah, and you, know, you you're potentially right. You know, it's going to be really. It's interesting to see how he kind of starts 2022. Mm, um, definitely. Because, you know, you're right. It's like he's shown so much promise and possibility for a long period of time. You know, you, the, there's a couple of the podcasters 
that we listen to, they've, they've been on big Hideki fans at the same time. They're wondering if he's ever going to, you know, break through. So, yeah. It's sort of one of those ones where if I'd ever do the form on a tournament and even if he came up on top, in years gone by, I'd literally just put a line through and say, can't win. Um, just because he just, it was an easy route to say, we just never closes. So if I can take him out and he's in my top three or four picks, well, that saves me. Yeah, he'd Money. be there. He'd be there at the halfway mark, and then his third round would be just. Yeah, so it was good. It was good to see him win, and like you said, I think you know the pressure on him to win at home with the crowds that were there. Um, I mean, the pressure that they travel everywhere. He's got there'd be probably thirty or forty cameras on him at any given time in any tournament in the US, let alone what they would have been last week. Oh, he um, better pick his nose. No. <laughs> so yeah, it was a um, yeah, it was a good win. It was a solid win. So uh, a few Hideki's were won, yeah? A few Hideki's were won, yes. Um, there's two very good golf tipsters uh, in the UK, Ben Coley and uh, I can't remember the second guy at the minute, and they write their tips up and they post them on Twitter and, and I do too. And I put my bet on Hideki and about an hour later they both tipped him and he went from 15 to 1 into about 13 to 1 because everyone right. sees what they like. I went, Ushka. So I was very happy that they um, that I had my bet on first. So that was good. So you've had a you've had a very John Ramish sort of finish to 2021 from from the betting stakes. I will say that strokes gain punting have been very. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine if that that was a stat. Um, do, so you actually post you tweet you yeah, you, I, you, you tweet I, out, you tweet, out I, your, tweet your tips. I do. Um, I'll, if anyone wants to know, I'll put it this way. If anyone wants to know, because I don't post them under my own name. Right. I was just going to say. I'd, I'd, no, you wouldn't have yeah, seen yeah. them. So one, once upon a time, many, many years ago in a galaxy far, far away, uh, I started posting my tips on Twitter and I quickly realized that I've got a lot of mates that don't really care for my golf tips. So I started getting a few people messaging back saying, listen, I don't care. Or they'd say something about us. I said, you know what? I'm going to set up a separate account and just tweet them there. And so I tweet them there and then every six or eight months I'll go back and then list how many winners I've had in the last, say, 12 months. So I'm about... And then, and then send it back to your mates and go <laughs> sucked in. Well, it's funny. They all follow... A lot of them do follow me now, I have to admit. <laughs> so but they know it's me. So um, if anyone does want to know, send me a message um, on, on socials and I'll let you know. But I think in the next probably six months I'll probably switch that over and, and turn that off and just direct it back to back to me just so I'm a bit, I feel a bit better about it now than getting grief. It's tricky because with this sort of stuff, it's like the people that do the horse tipping. You can't win, you know. If you're tipping horses for a living, you're just an idiot. No one, everyone just wants to bag you. You can Even if you get a winner, you're only, uh, you're only right once. Yeah, the only Broke thing you watch. can do is, you know, you use your middle finger that you would be probably typing it into your phone and just turn it around and face it back to the people that have got an issue oh, with it. I got a, I got a, I've got a few people that follow me from all around the world and about two or three weeks ago, the tournament was about to start at Valderrama and I looked at the um, the board and there was a first-round leader bet on John Rahm and I thought, John Rahm, Valderrama, he's out early, the weather's going to be okay, tough course. He might be a good bet to be the round one leader. I think he was six over through 11 and I'd written, could be a good bet. Someone wrote back to me from Ireland, <laughs> tweeted back to me. He's six over through eleven, plus six or eleven, and I wrote. I just tweeted back. I think he thinks it's Stableford, so he's going for the big number. The guy didn't write back, so <laughs> clearly, knew, clearly knew I didn't care. Like I, 
I've had enough losers. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny how people take stuff a little bit. It's personal. It's just hilarious. It's uh, most of the time I'll put up five names. These are the five that I like. Do what you like with them. Find one that you like. If you like somebody and they're in that five, then great. Go and have your five dollars on them. Yep, be an adult. Um, that's it. Or have a dollar on all five, and that's all you need to do. And at the moment, if you can get one winner a month, um, that's probably going to give you thirty dollars back for a dollar on average. So, so if you, you can keep keep on that. You win. So you've been tweeting under a Justine Reed esque burner account style. Well, I think everyone knows it's Justine now, and I'm happy you said that because Justine's been on fire tonight. Because um, Patrick's, it's, 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 everyone's known that it's been her for yeah, like two years. Absolutely, and she, um, Patrick, is that. the headline. <laughs> he's the headlining act this week in Bermuda, which is probably one of the worst fields of any golf tournament ever. So I'm just envisaging. It was about 4 a.m. Bermuda time on Tuesday, Wednesday morning would have been. So 4 a.m. Wednesday morning, their time, and she started tweeting back to Eddie Pepperell. This is only a couple of hours ago. So I'm baffled as to why she thought. She's clearly had a skinful. <laughs> She's been on the beach all day in Bermuda and thought, you know what I should be doing at 4 a.m.? Writing back to Eddie Pepperell. <laughs> and from, so From January. From January. So I can, in the next, by the time we this Sun, podcast comes margaritas out. margaritas and prawn cocktails. <laughs> That's it. Recipe for disaster. She was talking about the, um, Eddie Pepperell made comment about the, it was about the bunker gate when he. when he Yeah, the cheating. He yeah. cheated. And um, he said, look, Eddie Pepperell said something on the lines of, you know, not verbatim, but look, he's a really good guy, exceptional golfer, um, you know, but it's really weird how this happens a lot, you know, more than once. And she's basically fired back today. You know, an independent person, videographer, reviewed that and after 140 hours showed clearly that he didn't do it. It's just like, why why are you talking about this nine months later? On what planet did that happen? (laughs) It's it's interesting that because I looked at it and thought, oh, why would you go back to that? And then you think about it, like, Twitter is like, it's a feed, you know, like everyone knows what Twitter is. Like, and I, I, I... struggle finding things like i don't know how to use twitter properly i don't use it a lot but like you've got to go back how do you go back to search. january 21 search you search for search for his name yeah. or if you see it you just would probably have it parked somewhere yep and just effectively have a shit list yeah well she must have had it in the mentions and just forgot to get back to it or something i don't know such a weird thing to do like i just reads it is i just reads I just don't understand why. Like your your husband is literally, you know, it's him, Matt Fitzpatrick, and maybe one other who are the headliners playing in Bermuda. No one else has gone there, so he'd be getting comped. There'd be some money going in his pocket just to turn up there. Surely she's there with him. I mean, I'm just guessing all this, but what? Why? How is this good press? How does this help you? I would say she is literally torched. Set fire, napalmed his whole reputation. Like he, he's yeah. he's party to it, but you can damn well guaranteed she's in the background, like egging him on. You only have to read enough stories where they've talked about her, <clears throat> the whole falling out with um, his parents and stuff like that, who apparently quite lovely people. And it's just, you know, that 
you know, the old adage of where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. Um, thing is, though, it's billowing smoke. Yeah. You know, there's, there are fire engines everywhere. Well, you're, <laughs> and, a, you're a big um, college golf fan, right? So yep. you probably heard the stories about when he played at Georgia, there were talk of him stealing watches and golf clubs and stuff from other players. Yeah, because he's played with like Harris English and and um, all of those boys, right? Yeah. So someone's mentioned that on the first of oh, the yeah. second this year, she's written back to it today. Oh, the little boys from Georgia 11 years ago who claimed he did that because he was a year younger and taking their spot on the team or the fact that he beat them in the NCAA championships. P. Reed has been given equipment from manufacturers since he was 12, including putters. It's like... <laughs> Just because you've okay. been, you been given equipment doesn't mean you ain't a klepto. It's such a weird thing to talk about nine months after someone's tweeted it. Um, I'm sure this will be big news, especially the No Laying Up boys. I'm sure we'll be going to town on it um, they, they, as soon as they get out of bed. They love getting onto Justin, oh. don't they? <laughs> Tron will be Tom. all over it. This he'll be by the time, uh, ball. He, he'll be reading that going, oh, my God. This tomorrow is a morning. slow week. This is a slow week. If I see anything, I'll take a screenshot for you, Rocket. Yeah, fax, fax it to me. <laughs> fax it. And Ross, with the stuff on the video, can you send it up? I got my VHS out of the garage, <laughs> so you can I can watch it. The stuff that you videoed on Instagram. Um, Rocket's still social media here, Edis. Um, it's looking like he's going to go the whole year. Uh, I'm not sure what it's going weeks. to take. Twelve uh, weeks sober. <clears throat> couple Unbelievable. Of, had a couple of uh, sniffs of interest for the Rocket social media coordinator position, but. They just felt that they wouldn't get enough back from oh, him. So. That was I, I, that was gold. Actually, I, actually, I, I, I'm sad that I didn't get to see it. Although I did get a message from um, Mr. Mollica saying I was in until you said there was no shortbreads. <laughs> I, I that Charlie Brown thing that PK put together. I I literally LOL'd when I saw that. Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> Oh, dear. Uh, so, Bermuda, uh, you've already said the field is not the strongest yeah. assembled for a PGA Tour event. Does, does it usually go to Bermuda? Is this just a new event? Or is it no, it does. It's, it's changed names. It's yeah, right. it was it's only the third year they've been here. Um, but I, 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 I will, <laughs> I mean, the headline acts are Matt Fitzpatrick, Christian Bezadenhout and Patrick Reed. Then it's Mito Pereira who... A lot of golfers, golf Herbie, fans wouldn't Herbie's know. Playing, Herbie is playing. Herbie's there. Lucas Herbert, headlining, top 50 in the world. He's going for it. Oh, that'd be good to get there. Um, but if I go to the bottom of the list, these are the guys that are playing that you'd be, I would have think, surprised. Um, Danny Chops. Sean McKeel is playing. <laughs> Jason Bone. Oh, I love uh, Jason Bone. Yeah. Brendan DeJong. Oh, yeah. Richard S. Johnson. Matt Every. Kevin Stadler. Sendo's in there. No offense to Sendo, but he's five hundred to one. Um, Tommy okay. Two Gloves Gainey. Oh, he's out of jail. Snake Chalmers is is there. Um, yeah, it's a it, it's a very very. Um, they've had probably more withdrawals than they've had acceptances early doors. I would have thought. Hitman Hearns there. Yeah, it's very um, it's very very weird. Um, field da po- points. Yeah. Olin Brown. Oh my God. <laughs> well, Robert Allenby was in the field until a couple of days ago. I think he withdrew. Um yeah, it's a um it's a very weird one. I, I for me, um 
the guys that I like this week, the main two are Seamus Power and Hank Lebiota, who, again, I'm sure there are people that listen that don't even know who they are. Um, Patrick Reid, you would think on class, goes okay. And then some of the guys that I don't mind, but I don't think I'll be betting because just they've had reasonable form here or it coming in. Russell Knox, Scotty Stallings, Ryan Armour, David Hearn, Danny McCarthy. But the main two that I like are Seamus Power and Hank Lebiota. Seamus Power, he's another, he gets. We've talked about Seamus Power before. Good Irishman down there. Um, so any any form on Herbie? You give him any chance? What's he paying? Herbie is paying pretty big odds. I think he was around. I want to say he's around. 50? No, he's only paying fifty six dollars on one account that I'm looking at. Well, I won't mention their name, but that's unders. I would say he'd be closer to closer to one fifty, but it is a lean field. Um, it's tricky for me because. The biggest thing that this course you're going to see is the wind. Um, so it, it's always windy. Um, Thursday, the average wind's around 40 kilometres an hour all day. So if you can't use the ball or can't flight the ball properly in the wind, you're going to be cooked. Um, distance is not going to help you. Everyone's going to get home on the par fives and two. Uh, it's really going to come down to scrambling, being able to putt on Bermuda grass and being able to, use the ball okay in the wind. So uh, the tricky part with Herbie is I don't have enough data on him because he hasn't played a lot on the PGA Tour yet. So once he sort of ticks over a certain amount of rounds, then I'll get more more data and it's easy to draw the picture up. If you're looking at the stuff for me this week, it's strokes gain approach, I always say, super important. Driving accuracy is going to be pretty important this week. It's not my favourite stat, but I think you're going to need to be accurate. Uh, scrambling. I've put in bogey avoidance, so people that, you know, rate low on how many bogeys they're having in a round. And the last that I'm sort of looking at is par fours from 350 to 400 yards because they're pretty short par fours. Um, and, yeah, these guys stack up. Seamus Power stacks up the best. Um, he's, uh, you know, ranked up in the top 40 on the PGA Tour in five of those six stats. So that's pretty good. I don't mind Seamus Power. There you go. I like that. Um, mm-hmm. Have we got any other Scots? We've just got Rusty Knox. Is that it? We got we got a one one. Couldn't even, I couldn't even find a list of um, top Scott for you this week, which is very disappointing. I, I had the um, the top G, B, and I um, was the only one that I saw. Well, that's Would you like me to? No, that's Seamus Power then. That's Seamus Power, correct? Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, uh, good luck to you, Rusty. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, Dom has <laughs> on the back of my double flub in front of the clubhouse on uh, Friday. Uh, to have a par first round back since July wasn't too bad. Sure, I'd take that all day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was down there on Sunday night with a couple of, with the uh, camera and a video, and uh, by Sunday night, Dom as a party had four fresh videos of my action with a uh, SOS LOL for help. Uh, <laughs> he said, "I'm just about to get in a plane to Bermuda. Uh, it might take me a couple of days to get back to you." I said, uh, "Sooner the better." But uh, on your way, thank you. The um. Uh, I should 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 shout out to a mate of mine, Danny O'Neill Diesel. He uh, he listens to the show and he actually got a a, um, a lesson with him the other day via um, Skillist. Yeah. Skillist yeah. yeah. So uh, he knew that I'd been seeing Baden in uh, Albert Park, and he said, "Have you ever had one of the online ones?" And I said, "I haven't done it yet, but I will get around to it." He said, "I'm thinking about getting one with Dom." I said, "Yeah, do it. You know, can't go wrong with you know PGA to a coach." Mm-hmm. So yeah, he got one. Uh, he got one one or two the other the other week. So yeah, he was very happy with it. Oh, there you go, Dom. If you, uh, you he won't listen, uh, but uh, you know, 
there you go. We've passed on a lesson to you, and uh, please get my chipping videos back because uh, <laughs> I need some help, mate. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else? What else? We got any um, any hey. any women's golf to to discuss? I did hear a, a very um, challenging thing to hear, but it's a learning a learning uh, episode for the young lady, young Steph Bunky uh, from uh, Melbourne. Uh, she's uh, was in the second stage. LPGA qualifying, got six holes in, stage two, and uh, realised she had left her uh, slope on her rangefinder. They must be allowed to use slope, and uh, called the had to call it on herself, and was subsequently, unfortunately, DQ'd. So uh, there's a lesson uh, when you're playing golf, you're not allowed to use it, slope. No, not pros, and it says a lot about her because. There's no one else that's going to possibly know that. She'd literally just flick the side of the uh, Bushnell mm. and it's back to normal and no one would have ever had a clue. Yeah. According uh, to um, Justine Reid, if that happened to Patrick, she would have had <laughs> independent evidence filmed <laughs> from the uh, the towers of the sat- NASA satellites <laughs> confirming that uh, Patrick, his uh, precision probe, was, um, was in normal mode. It, it, it wouldn't happen at Jordan Spieth. But no. the, that's the first thing you would have said. No. Exactly. Jordan would have done it and the, pro, and, and the PGA Tour would have said nothing. Um, but a, a lesson, but uh, to Steph, you know, I, I know Steph pretty well, uh, as do a lot of the guys that work with me. Um, mate, bounce back. You know, you, you're, the way they handle it seemed to be pretty good. You, I've seen a few pictures and a few posts. You know, you seem to be smiling as much as it's uh, a challenge, but she's still over there in the States. But um, good on you, Steph. Uh, keep fighting, mate. And... Um, you know, you'll be right. You'll be right, mate. Um, Jing, Jing Young Ko won for like the third or fourth time in like the last eight starts, nine starts. Not a bad player. N- now number one in the world. Mm. <laughs> who who would have thought that the way that Nelly was was rolling through in 2021 that uh, she would lose the number one spot? Like how crazy is that? Has she been playing much? I haven't seen her mm. name pop up. Nelly. Nelly. Uh, Nelly. No, yeah. I don't think so. No, I, I think know. since the Olympics, no. Yeah. no. And Lydia Coe's, you know, finished tied for third. It's really good to see her back. Yep. All right. Yeah, what well, I- that was back in Korea, wasn't it? Yeah, correct. Because I, I, I could have sworn. So Minji has gone Korea, New York, mm-hmm. Korea in mm-hmm. three weeks. Most of them have. That's madness. Most of them have. It's insane. That's, yeah. that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah, I don't... I, I, I kind of don't understand how the the um, LPGA runs some of their stuff. Mm. I'm not going to get on my soapbox about this one. Uh, they had that LET event in New York. Uh, it was a teams event. There was Team Kiriaku and there was Team uh, Calder and a few other teams. But um, Charlie Hull, sorry. I my apologies. Say, my apologies. I was going to say Hull, but I didn't want to say that because I thought I'm guessing you. <clears throat> no, no, it was Charlie Hull. Uh, yeah. She had the lowest... Uh, Gross score for the for the tournament, which was good to see. And um, Saudi ambassador. Oh, right. yeah. Okay. Now, has that got anything to do with uh, your backdrop there, Rocket? Absolutely. Okay. What a segue! Hey, <laughs> one thing in 150 episodes, I've learned how to bring something from over here and put it into over here. Uh, so, for those that it is an audio podcast, you, if you watch the video, if we make a video out of this, you can see. But Rocket's got his background, which is usually some form of cryptic messaging uh, there. Sometimes not very cryptic. No, sometimes not so cryptic. Sometimes, and today's one of those ones. Uh, what do you got? You've got some American dollars uh, and some blood spl- splatters over it. Uh huh. Yeah, blood money. Right. So away you go. 
because uh, there's about eight players on the uh, PGA Tour that have asked for approval to play in the Saudi International. DJ, Phil. Abe Answer, I think, was one of them. Yeah. Lee Westwood. Fleetwood? Yeah. Yeah. There's a few. Oh, actually, I think I've got the list up here. I'll bring it up. Yeah. It's a nice long... I think, oh, Mr. Cantlay. Oh, and um, Coke Rack. Yeah. Just growing the game. Yeah. <laughs> Just growing the game. So what's they have to get approval to play play in that? What's the story there? Is that what's? Yeah, they. Uh, I only know this just from the 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 no laying up guys mentioned it the other day. They were talking about the fact that effectively once you sign on it to take your PGA Tour card, you you're giving up your kind of your rights to make money on off that sort of stuff. Right. Is that right, Rocket? Yeah, pretty much. You, if you go to play somewhere else that is kind of outside the sanctioned stuff, you've got mm-hmm. to. Um, kind of just advise them what you're doing. Yeah, effectively, if you're going to go and take your IP or elsewhere, and then someone else is going to effectively take eyeballs off people watching the PGA Tour, then they want to be able to approve that. Yeah. And one of the big things that they were talking about in the pod was, um, it's going up against Pebble Beach this year, I think, mm-hmm. and they said DJ. His managers basically requested it because he said, well, he's done nothing but support that tournament for such a long time and he wants to be able to go and play this and Won defend. it twice. Yeah. 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 So you can, you can agree with that. But, yeah, I think that uh, putting it back into Ross terms for everyone else, you've got an employee at your store and he says, I just want to shoot over and work at House of Golf for a couple of hours. Is that okay? You need him on deck. Well, I don't really need you over there, so mm. I'm just going to go work for the guy that stole all your equipment and he's now going to sell it back cheaper. Mm. Yeah, there's a few people that get paid by the Saudis, isn't there? Uh, there's a couple of the girls that get paid, a couple of men that get paid by the Saudi, the Saudi government or the Saudi whatever the well, I'm not sure what it is, but um, yeah, they get paid by the Saudis to represent them and to wear them on their sleeves and um, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and and we might have a commish, the shark. Yeah, well, rumored, that's, rumored that's, commish. Well. And that's that's probably the, the the last of the stories that we we've maybe got time for. So, what do we thought? What do we think about uh, you know the Sharknator, um, you know, potentially leading a breakaway tour? Is it going to happen, or is it just shark crowding shark waves? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. I love the man as an idol, but he, like Phil, very very flawed individuals that do things that just make me very disappointed. Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't get it. I literally don't get it. But again, they live in a bubble and I don't think, I I legitimately don't think um, their worldview is, is well informed. And then that's, that's a problem. That's, that's a bit on them and it's a bit on the people that are around them that don't kind of pull them aside and say, Hey, uh, Sharky, um, you, you're crossing the line with the naked photos by the lake and we realise that you've sold the old 7L now and you're looking to move back to Australia, so we're probably going to expect to see some naked ones on North Stradbroke Island or something like that. But uh, this uh, this Saudi commission thing, it's, uh, it's a line too far. 
Yeah. I, and no one's doing it. Because, no. like, you know, if you've got a couple of egomaniacs and if you don't have anyone that's really given them a good, you know, kick in the ghoulies to say, you know, shape up, champion, mm. then they're going to do stuff like this. Yeah, and look, it's... I, I look at it like the... The rationale of a world golf tour, no one could argue with unless you're a PGA Tour fan, right? As in like a Super Duper fan. If you said we're going to have a, a tour that literally is 30 tournaments a year, uh, it's going to be two in Australia, two in Japan, one in Korea, 10 in the US, 10 in, in, in the UK, spread all around the globe, South Africa, whatever it is, and literally you're going to have the top 100 golfers that are going to sort of pick and choose that you're going to play all around, that's fantastic. Could you imagine? That, that would be the that best. Would be sick. And right now the only people that have got any interest in doing that are the people going to make money from it and the people that can afford to put it together. And yeah. sadly, they're the and, oil money. <laughs> and also not care about the retribution that comes with that. Correct. And, um, it's, and sorry to interrupt. No, no. This is... You know the world golf tour thing, and this could be also potentially, you know, Sharky just being feeling slighted because he tabled this one very publicly nearly thirty years ago. I was going to say the WGC. Yeah, you know, all the things that he talked about, they've kind of the PGA Tour have taken basically what he tabled with yep. them, and they've just applied it to their own stuff. And the, the reason the PGL, the SGL, and all the other things that are around is because the, there is a world game, right? You know, that you've got somewhere like Japan. Like, like there's golf crazy, and then there's Japan. Yep. They are mad. So if you took, like, if you had the Japanese Open or the Japan Open mm -hmm. as, like, one of the events and something else, and you play a couple of those courses like Tokyo Golf Club and, and somewhere else, like... The fans would just like it would be like a it'd be like a concert, like a Metallica concert. It'd be the Metallica concert in Russia. It would be insane, yeah. and and it would absolute rate its ass off. And you're right. It's like you have a couple of in you know Australian Open and resurrect the Australian Masters, and you play it on the sand belts. You yeah. know, you know, if you did that, and you have this. 20 events that and you've got to get your world ranking to a certain point to get in like the wgc's that would work and then all you have is all these other tours where you've got people toiling away and the prize money might actually go up in a lot of those other ones as well because of the national the international eyeballs so, that are, more that eyeballs that. yeah yeah no and look that's just the trickiest part is that right now the balance of power is with the pga tour um, they own everything, lock, stock. Um, that's where all the money is. They've, they've got no interest in doing it anymore. They've taken advantage Absolutely. of the European tour. Absolutely. Um, because the European tour have struggled, especially in the COVID. So, you know, Definitely. the European tour are probably just worried about it because the unfortunate thing is they've lost a lot of, they've lost a lot of talent, not so much moving there, but, you know, you've got the, the college system in the last decade, 15 years, yep. has really tapped into into that talent pool through Europe. You know, you only have to look at like Victor and Ram and stuff like that. Yeah, they got, you know, Ram is probably more loyal to the European tour than most of the others. Mm. Um, but someone like Victor, you know, you got someone from Norway who just, who, you know, played all his college golf at Oklahoma. Yeah. 
and nope. then you know now he's playing most of his time in the US. You look at someone, and I don't know that I'm just going to sort of go down a rocket's rabbit hole, right? Someone like Sam Horsfield is a great example, right? If in three years' time he has the ability to have a PGA Tour card, where's he playing? He's playing in the US. Is is like the prize money is not comparable. Like he's if someone can set him himself up for life. Yeah, he's going to be good. And that's the trickiest part. Like the Europe almost was getting to that point a couple of years ago where they were, they'd sort of reached out and they were doing a bit in in South Africa and they were doing that tournament in WA and they were kind of doing a little bit with the uh, Vic Open and like you could see that they were making links. They were doing all the right things. Yeah, that would have probably annoyed the the, the PGA Tour, but they were stretching out the fingers a little bit. Now it's all going to stop because they've got no money and the PGA Tour, like you said, Rockets come in and go on, yoink, I'll take you. Yeah, and all the other – and the unfortunate thing is that because because of the pandemic for the last two years, everything is international, so it was really hard. So they lost a lot of events, you know, yep. being cancelled and postponed. You know, 2020 was – that would have been just devastating for them, mm. especially for their coffers because, you know, they're probably not running – they probably don't have a mansion and a drawbridge and a moat and, you know, a hundred meeting rooms with no one in them um, on the beaches of Jacksonville. Well, so, you know. To, to use my sort of soccer background, you know, would a promotion relegation system that featured the European Tour and the PGA Tour be a better system than there currently is? Because I don't think there's any golfer on the European Tour Unless they're domiciled in Europe and they're happily in family and all that, and they don't have no ambition. But most of these young guys, like Herbie's a classic example, like openly stated, uh, as soon as I can get out of Europe and I'm I'm, in, I'm off to America, and I'm, I'm sure all of the Herbie types that are playing in there, regardless of what part of the world they're from, have got the same ambitions. But would would a pro rel between PGA Tour and European Tour, where if you miss that, you are, you're you can only play over there, right? So it's not like the the corn ferry system. Like, would that work? I, I don't in, know. In, like, uh, here's my prediction: in five years, the European Tour will effectively be like a pro version of the advanced version of the corn ferry tour, because mm. mm. yep. the the PGA Tour will will vacuum up all the really good tournaments yep. and they'll turn the European tour into a secondary event. Yep. So what will happen is the top, the top younger talent that's coming through, as soon as they, you think about it, you've got the Scottish Open that's a co-sanctioned event before yep. the US and I think is the Irish one Irish, as well. Irish is the one that they tipped all the money into so it will be next year. Yep. It's not. So you've got two events. Yep. You only have to have, you, you don't have, you're not going to always have the top players playing in there you know you got you, you've had your collins and those sort of guys they will probably come over they may or may not play it and the thing is though they're doing a prep but the thing is though now they're a co-sanctioned event so mm. if all of a sudden you you've got a two-year exemption that, that for winning in a, a for pga and get your pga tour card and yep. you're a young fellow that wins that what do you reckon you're doing you're away yeah and you, there. if you're smart enough, the way you set it up is you do that stint, you know, Scottish Open, um, Open Championship, you maybe do a, a secondary tilt over there a month or two before that so that it breaks it up. Um, they've already got their um, their calendar set up where you've got the, the players, the masters, the PGA. They just slot in a month of Europe and then two months later a month of Europe so that way you can get, you know, Morikawa is not going to fly over and stay in Europe for six weeks to play three or four tournaments. If you want to get him over there for two, come home for a couple of months and go back over for another couple, 
that that that's more likely. March to July, because of the the unfortunate thing is that um, them moving the PGA Championship into May yep. has has made things worse because it's just it's relentless. Effectively, mm-hmm. from you call it middle of February, so you go from AT and T all the way to the Open Championship, you've just got. That's that's the bulk of the season, and yeah. it is just it is just pure relentless. Yep. Yep. And then yeah. Then you have the FedEx. Then straight after that, you got the you know the running Ryder Cup or Presidents Cup after that. And- yep. So they're trying to you know they've to to, to placate the, the you know the net club championship, yep. which used to be sort of in September. Um, now they've moved that into August because it used to run up against NFL season. And you know, and a lot of the players get to that stage of the year, and they have enough money that they want to take some downtime, which is quite right. That's fine. You know, the the US guys want to take, you know, a couple of months off, play sporadically, and spend Thanksgiving and Christmas with the family, and then worry about shooting off to Hawaii for an early holiday. Yeah. Poor old European tour. Hmm. Uh, okay. Well. That's uh, been an hour and four minutes of uh, power. Have we got anything else? Have we got any, any rabbit holes, Rocket? Any? Oh, I do. Oh, I there do. We go. There we go. I've become <clears throat> a wee bit addicted to a particular YouTuber, and I absolutely love his stuff. Uh, young fella called Mr. Beast. So all I all I encourage anyone to do is go watch it because it is. He's a. I've watched a couple of videos where he talks about his journey and where he got to and effectively he's been obsessed with youtube since he was 13 and what he does it's it's one it's funny but at the same time there's a philanthropic um factor in there and his 15 minute videos he spends a lot of money to make these and and a lot of time and effort some some videos the 15 minutes could take two to three months of shooting like it's pretty much his own little film production crew to just make to his mind. He just wants to make the best videos ever. And every video is like, how do I make it better? And he's, he's just knows everything about YouTube. He's obsessed and it's, it's awesome. Well, if you, beast. if you do, if you do do what Mike and I have both just done looking at the screen and look up Mr. Beast on YouTube, um, you will see that his latest video, I spent 50 hours buried alive. Oh, that was so good. Day two is, I'm not sure why 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 you're saying it's so big, Rocket, because he's it's only it's got, unbelievable. It's only got 133 million views. I know, and uh, and old old Beast Boy is um, uh, young fellas. He got 72.2 million followers. Yeah. I've um, seen this guy. He's, he's a lunatic. Best. He's the best. Look, him and his guys. Are, so the other one, the other one, the most recent one, which dropped um, last week, was um, um, last person last person to um, touch have their hand on the Lamborghini, wins the Lamborghini. I, I saw it when it dropped. Within the first 10 minutes, it had something like half a million views. I watched the video by the end of the video. It was at 1.7 million views. So 15-minute video by lunchtime. So it was probably five hours. It was at four and a half million. And I think it was like, by, it was like at 20 million like the next day. I watched a couple. There was one where they purposely reversed into someone's car and did next to no damage to it. It was, a, it was a, just a terrible car. Yeah. 
And they're like, oh, man, I'm really sorry. And he's like, oh, don't, you know, like, oh, okay. Yeah, look, I'll tell you what, we'll give you, you know, like, he's 50 grand. Yeah. And he's like, what am I, this is not real money. And it's like, yeah, it is. The, the, the other really good one is um, I opened a restaurant and gave away free food and paid people to eat it. Watch that one. It's just gold. <laughs> the other one is um, I, I was, he was an Uber driver for a day and gave people the cars that he picked them up in and he was wearing disguises and stuff. It's just, it's gold. Um, yeah, right. Well, on, on that note, I just want to say a quick thanks. Uh, I think last time we talked about YouTube, uh, the Mile of Golf YouTube channel. Wow. Um, not quite 72.2 million. Uh, we 70, have- 71? No, no, no. We did put a shout out to try and get us over the hundred. We were like the Michael Slaters. Um, I think that's what that's my, right. dad, my dad said. He said, oh, "You're like Michael Slater." I said, "What's that? Can't go of nineties." Um, <laughs> uh, Michael Slater was one of Murray Tyrrell's favourite cricketers. Um, yeah, we are now at maybe sitting at one hundred and one. But you know, we're at that one hundred and one, and yeah, we're just playing it safe now. We're not. But Jeff if, Marsh, if, just- if yeah, if anyone does want to see anything from the My Love of Golf YouTube, if the, if you want to see the three of us out there playing golf, we'll do it. If, tell us what you want to what you want to see. Do you want to see club reviews? We'll do it. Do you want to see whatever? Just let us know because uh, it's a thing. Um, clearly, it's a thing because Mr. Beast got seventy two million people followed him from burying himself alive and running. Oh, the other one, the the forty millionth viewer, that that forty millionth subscriber, that was that was gold. That's really good. There's okay. so many that are so good. Well, there you go. There's a rabbit hole. Rockets uh, giving you the gold there. Uh, thank you um, to you two gentlemen. Thanks for uh, the public uh, listening to my public health announcements. Um, thank you for your input into uh, the tipperage, um, the tipping and uh, the reviews and everything else. Uh, let's onwards and upwards. When are we getting out for a game of golf? What's the plan there? Are we are we going to do this stuff or what? So let me know. I'm in. Okay. We're, 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 should we, we should just set a date on it. When can we do it? Can we do it? Rocket? Yeah, sure. Well, we, are you available? You still, are you still, golf's still part of the thing? Yeah. Okay. Mike, where, 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 where do you want to go? I'm happy to go anywhere. I'm playing. I think it's I'm, either I'm north, or, anywhere. north or south. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> okay. You, you, let's figure it out in the group and then we'll, um, we'll, we'll book a time okay. and date. All right. Well, good chatting. Thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, we will see you next time on the My Love Golf Podcast. Uh, Make sure you check out all the stuff, all the YouTubes and Twitters and all of that sort of stuff. And uh, we'll see you next time.